So at this time, brethren, we're going to have our sermon brought to us today by Mr. Ian Hupton. I'm good. I'm here. Now we're going to have a jingle. So it says Matthew. <laughs> if you need a nap, now would be a good time. Take a quick little nap there. Because could get loud here a little while. Brian's not having a good day. Let's all pray for Brian. It's great seeing you all here. Uh, that I wasn't even planning to say that, but <laughs> it's true. And last night, how many of you really enjoyed last night? Wasn't that terrific? Oh, man, we got to do that again. That was really good. Anytime you're ready, Brian, just launch into it. Okay. All right. I tell you what, anytime you can get it to work, just launch into it. I'll get started here. <laughs> oh.
Are you ready? It's a really good song. I, you know, and I can't sing it, so I have to have somebody else do it. Are you ready for God to raise you up? How many of you want to go right now? <laughs> you know, if the kingdom starts like in 10 seconds, I won't be there. I won't be there, but that's not part of the plan. Jesus often said, if you may remember this, it's not in your notes, but he often said, and I think he said this with a big smile on his face, he said um, that he will raise up the true believers at the last day. And if you do a quick study, you'll see that in there quite often. And I think he, you know, he had this really solid, warm, excited feeling on, you know, expression on his face. He even said it to um, when Lazarus was dead in the tomb. He, uh, <coughs> I think Mary or Martha, I forgot which one, said, well, I know you'll raise him up at the last day. It's like, so, so and we, we kind of celebrated our future being raised up about two weeks ago on trumpets and hopefully you heard a really good sermon about trumpets and how you know you are not going to look like you look now I'm sorry some of you good looking people oh you might you might I don't know <laughs> I want I want to look a lot better than I look if it's how many of you want to look better in the future than you look now nobody oh okay a handful of us okay right and uh, yeah okay so God wants us happy and joyous over what he plans to give us. Um, hands up if you are already reached your maximum rejoicing level. Okay, so that's good. Because you've still got a little extra room and you're ready to you know, increase your rejoicing level. That's good. I believe that maximum level rejoicing can be dangerous to human bodies. Right? Because maximum rejoicing, I believe, is going to require spirit being bodies. Because I don't want to blow my human mind until I'm in the spirit being body, and then I don't care what happens to my human mind. I want to have a spirit mind. And how many of you just want this, the mind you've got now transferred into a spirit being body? Or do you want, or do you want a supercomputer mind? I want, I want the big heavy duty. I want to know a lot more. I want to think a lot faster. I want to sleep a lot less. I just, just you know, I, uh, <clears throat> one of the things I want to do in the spirit being body is I want to wrestle a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I, every now and then I see one on a billboard somewhere and I go, ooh, that was a scary movie. Oh, scary. You know, but I go, wait till I get my body. We're going to have a wrestling match, you and I. This is going to be good. Anyhow, Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 15:43, it's sown in honor, it is raised in glory. Just take a second. Can you see some young people? They're pretty glorious as they are right now. But the older you get, the less glorious you get in most cases, unless you live in Hollywood where they just take you in and redo you and take you in and redo you and take you in and redo you and then suddenly you die. And it's like, what was the matter with that? They were quite young, but you know. Verse 44, it says, it's sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. 
We have borne the image of the man of dust. I feel dusty a lot. And we shall bear the image of the heavenly man. Okay, how many of you, how many of you really liked watching Superman back thousands of years ago? All right, anybody, anybody here watched? Nobody ever watched Superman? Okay, come on, you're showing your age, aren't you? That's what's going. On. Okay, you young people don't know what Superman was, but I really loved Superman. The modern, the modern heroes. They all have weaknesses, and I know Superman had kryptonite, but as long as nobody brought kryptonite to planet Earth, Superman was invincible. He never failed his mission. That's kind of how I see me and Jesus. Jesus is never going to fail his mission, and once I'm a spirit being body, I'm never going to fail my mission. I fail a lot of missions here on the planet, but you know, then it's going to be so much different. If we stay faithful to the words of Jesus, we will be raised up, to non-stop glory living. Can you think back to the most glorious time in your life? Takes a little bit of work, especially the older you get, it takes longer to think back. But anyhow, that's why you need a supercomputer in the brain there in the new spirit being body. So why has God invited us to the Feast of Tabernacles? Deuteronomy 14, 23. You shall eat before the Lord. How many of you like eating? Anybody here like eating? Okay, some of you, that's good. All right. You shall eat before the Lord the tithe of the grain and the new wine and the oil. And Gary, that was a secret, that gallon of wine. But now you blabbed it. Everybody knows I've got a gallon of wine now. Okay, and the firstborn of your herds and your flocks is going to be barbecue at these feast sites. Right? That you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. And I, I put in my notes, to have awe and respect for God. We live in a day and age where you watch TV and everybody is disrespecting everybody else. The love of many is waxing cold. We have lost so much of the way the world was back 30, 40, 50 years. Okay, I'm, I'm on over here now. That's good. Alright, so in 20, verse 26, you shall spend that money for whatever your heart desires. Isn't that generous of God? Isn't that generous? He, he says, I really, really, really want you to have a good time, so spend the money, the second time you've been saving, spend it on what your heart desires and what your children desire. Those of you who have children or teenagers, guess whose job it is to make sure they rejoice a lot? Your job, right? And, you know, so listen to them. And if they want gifts every day for eight days, do it. It's up to you to figure out how to budget that, but do it well. So it's not only your heart desires, it's what their heart desires too. Now, you know, some kids are going to ask for the world and give them half a world, right? And you shall rejoice, you and your household. Now, when your teenager, when your young person turns 18, it was up to whether or not you helped them love the Feast of Tabernacles. And, and it was a great blessing for me and my wife and our three kids. We just ended up in, in some of the best rejoicing Feast of Tabernacles there were. And they made friends and they had the best time. And those friends, they still have those friends from way back. Because right? all my kids are old now. <laughs> but anyhow, that happens. Life happens. Okay, so all of your family are to be learning and rejoicing 
So I asked, why has God invited us to this tabernacles? Up. Below my what? Above my tie. How's that? Okay, I thought I had it pretty high, but it's below my knot now. Okay. I'll try and keep my knot quiet. (laughs) So, why has God invited us to the Feast of Tabernacles? The best answer is, we're invited here so God's thinking can raise us up higher than ever before. How many of you think it's possible for you to leave this feast site at the end of eight days up a couple of notches as far as an average rejoicing person for the year? Some of you had to think about that. Right? Every year we should build on what we already learned from that last year. We should build on what happened to us last year. We should build on what we see in this room, what we saw last night what we see as far as the singers singing praises to God, what we see with the children. I was, watch- <laughs> I was watching the kids in the swimming pool the other day, and I thought, those little energizer bunnies, will they ever wind down? But anyhow, it's like, I can't do that anymore. But they can, so enjoy, rejoice, make the best of it. So what kind of rejoicing should we be focused on? And the answer to that is, first, we should rejoice, be on kingdom joy. Now I know that's kind of the message for trumpets, but I wonder if you've ever thought of this. There are four festivals in the seventh month. Trumpets, most of you know a lot about trumpets. Every year it's about trumpets, right? Okay, then comes atonement, right? And to me, atonement is about God making peace with planet earth if you read the seven last plagues it says in the seven last plagues God's wrath is completed so how many of you how many how many of you think God is angry right now one two okay he's angry isn't he not at you hopefully (laughs) in fact I'm sure he's not angry at you um, because you're here doing what he commanded. But look at the world. People are destroying planet Earth. People are destroying people. And now it doesn't even take a gun. You can do it with a knife. People are doing it with knives. Pretty soon it'll be baseball bats and, you know, staplers and just whatever they can lay their hands on, you know. It's, it's a horrible, horrible world to bring up young people and say, this is how you should live. It's like you should be teaching them, this is how you shouldn't live. But we're here at the Feast of Tabernacles, and God is saying, this is how humans should live at peace, joyfully, happy, happily, loving one another, helping one another, building one another up, raising one another up, raising up the spirits. So in First Peter 4.13, He says, rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. Anybody like to suffer? Nobody. Good. (laughs) Suffering is not fun. And I hate to see suffering in other people as well as in myself, of course. Right? But 
um, that when his glory is revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. Now again, think of the most, the greatest amount of joy you've ever had. You, you ladies that have had beautiful babies, that may have been your best exceeding joy moment. Um, you know, everybody has a totally different exceeding joy moment. And this, this is where I just don't believe that we still have human brains when we realize what's happening. Because the, the joy, I mean, I see faces here and I've, in the last couple of days, I haven't seen in a while, and, and it's a joy to see those faces and greet them and talk about old times. Um, what's it going to be like when we're all rising up into the clouds, right? I'm going to see you, and I'm going to see you, and I'm going to see you, and I'm going to see you. What am I going to want to do? Stop and talk, <laughs> right? And what is Jesus in a hurry to do? Go down to the Mount of Olives and split the Mount of Olives. And, and I'm sure he'll say something quite wise. It'll say, you know, it'll be similar to what we say when we say shut up. <laughs> but it'll be like, come on, gang. We, you know, I'm glad you're all exceedingly joyful, right, meeting me in the clouds. Right? In 1 Thessalonians 4.17, Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds, the dead in Christ. Is there anybody here that's really eager to see a dead faithful person come alive again and meet them in the clouds? And that, is that going to be joyful? That is going to be exceedingly joyful. Right? And, and, and they won't be the way they died. They'll be perfect, perfect spirit being bodies, heavenly bodies, right? So remain caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. And I love this last little tail bit. It says, and thus we shall always be with the Lord's feet. Is that what, is that, what that says in the handout? With the Lord's feet? It doesn't say that, does it? Okay. It says, with the Lord. But wherever the Lord is, his feet will be, right? Okay, see? So another joy moment that I call feet down joy, right? We all, we all look down at our feet every now and then and we see them when we're in the bathtub or in the shower, right? And this is going to be a moment in history that's only ever going to happen once. God willing, all of you will be there, right? And hopefully you'll remember this sermon when you're there, right? And you'll say, that guy, he talked about feet down moment. Right? Because there's coming a time when you meet Jesus in the clouds and he transports it all to the Mount of Olives. And guess whose feet are going to touch the Mount of Olives first? Jesus. Right? Where are your feet going to be? Right there with him. Right? How many of you have stood on the Mount of Olives? Yay! A couple of us. A couple of old timers. We can tell you about the Mount of Olives. But anyhow, <laughs> when we stood on it, nothing much happened. <laughs> but when Jesus' feet, thus your feet, right? How many of you think we'll have feet in the kingdom? You think you'll have feet? Jesus has got feet, so why shouldn't we have feet? Besides, we'd look funny without feet, wouldn't we? I mean, all right, kind of look like this. Like, this would look like this, no feet, right? So and that's, that's a joy that I look forward to for that moment when... You know, when Jesus' feet, and don't you suppose, you suppose he'll say, drum roll. 
don't you suppose the angels will sing or the trumpets will blow or something will happen? Surely it won't be just a silent and then rumble, 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 and the mountain splits. That's, I can't wait to see that. It's going to be great. But my feet are planning to be there. I hope your feet are planning to be there too because that's going to be a feet down joy moment. Zechariah 14.4, in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives which faces Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives will split in two. So kingdom joy may seem far away. How many of you think your kingdom joy could be 20 or 30 years away? Anybody think? Okay, 15 years, 15, 10. Anybody think your kingdom joy could be 10 years away? Five years away, five years away. Okay, we take five, five, do I hear four? <laughs> okay, but you know, we got enough nuclear power on this planet to just wipe us all off the planet. It's, you know, scary stuff, but then humans do stupid stuff, right? Are there any humans in here that do stupid stuff? Me, yeah. But I'm trying to get over it. I'm trying to overcome that problem. So kingdom joy may seem far away, and many of us can't see past the next three weeks. I know of some people who have no gas at their house and winter is coming. So, they, you know, we've got to get the gas repaired, got to get the gas fixed up. So, can God give us joy for two weeks after the tabernacles and for all year long? Can he do that? Yeah. Some, some one or two are saying, yes, he can, but that's not really where we're at. It's Willie. And then he wants to. What might stop him? Us, not paying attention. You ever, do you figure God can talk to you while you're watching the Super Bowl? He could, right? He could blank out your TV screen. That would get you upset, wouldn't it? But, but if you're not paying attention, he's unlikely to talk to you. But if you're paying close attention, he's likely to talk to you. If you want him to talk to you, he's going to talk to you. And, and so you have to be listening and wanting that joy and, and almost having to cook up the joy. You, know, you have to add the ingredients to make the joy like if you're making bread. It's not only bread, is it? So I can talk about bread. It's like to get the bread to expand and, and rise, you have to put the ingredients in it. So what are the ingredients of joy? You have to connect your brain to where you are two weeks from now, four weeks from now, six weeks from now. It's pretty easy, right? While we're here, people are being nice and wonderful and smiling and helping each other and talking about trumpets and talking about... Personally, I think Armageddon takes place on the Day of Atonement. I can't exactly prove that to you, but I could, it's, it's got to be real close to the Day of Atonement. And on the Day of Atonement, they blow the Jubilee trumpet, which says, set at liberty, everything is free. It also says, at the end of the seven plagues, the seven last bowls of wrath, the wrath of God is complete. So somewhere between trumpets and that first great moment of Feast of Tabernacles, the wrath of God comes to an end. God's at peace with planet Earth. Those who are still alive are in a forgiveness state, and he is about to bring about the most fantastic living 
conditions on planet Earth for you and all the people who survive. And a lot of them are going to be shell-shocked. How many of you think you will be shell-shocked? Okay, work on that. We can help you. We, we've got a shell-shock program. <laughs> we, can, we can help you. But, but see, the point is, Jesus brings peace. Never again on planet Earth will there be war. Is that, is that, can you get your mind around that? I mean, it's like, remember, end of World War II, World War I, there'll never be any more war, and then <laughs> United Nations and all those folks. And the end of World War II, there'll never be any more war. Uh, how many wars are going on right now? You can't even count them all, right? And what's more, we don't, <laughs> we don't get it on our TV. But, but people are dying in wars right now. And, and it's like, since it's not happening here, we don't hear much about it. But, but people are dying out there. So Paul describes this in Romans 15, 13. He says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I can't demonstrate to you like I used to when I was a young person, I can't demonstrate to you abounding in hope. Right? A kangaroo can demonstrate it to you, and the little energizer bunnies down at the swimming pool can demonstrate it to you, and the next time you see a little young one tearing through here, they are abounding. Right? Uh, I don't do the abounding anymore because you'd have to call 911 and then it get sad and ugly and all that. So God is rejoicing God, and he wants his children to be rejoicing people and and I have a theory that says God God has a supremely funny sense of humor and the reason you don't see a lot of it in scripture you can see a little bit but you don't see a lot of it in scripture because he don't get no respect as it is <laughs> it's like if there were jokes from Genesis to Revelation, nobody would pay any attention to him, right? But, but one of my favorite jokes is um, Jesus is resurrected and the two disciples are walking down the road to Emmaus and he sidles up alongside of them. They're going, oh, this is terrible. Oh, this is bad. This is, oh, woe is us. And he says, uh, well, how, come, how come you're so sad, guys? What's going on? He said, oh, are you the only person in Jerusalem that doesn't know what's going on? <laughs> ah, that is funny. It's like, now, don't you suppose the angels were all leaning over from heaven watching this, right? And here's Jesus with just a little, with the beards they wore, it'd be kind of hard to see a little schmirk, right? But, but he had to have a schmirk on his face. And he said, uh, oh, what things? Describe to me what's been going on, right? Anyhow, the whole thing is just uh, hilarious if you read it real slow and put yourself, make yourself the fourth person walking down the road with these three people, right? And then, and then if you can see this in Scripture, it's glorious. He, and they, he says, well, I'm going to keep going. And they say, no, 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 it's dark now. You've got to come in and eat with us. And, and we like you and we like what you're saying. Come in and eat with us. So three of them sit around a table, picture that, right? And then he breaks bread. He prays over the bread. He breaks the bread and he hands the bread to them. What do they see in his wrists? 
the whole. What do you think their brains do? <laughs> They're about to have a heart attack. This guy they thought was a regular human being has got holes in his wrists. It's Jesus! And he's gone. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm sorry. God doesn't, you know, God wants you to rejoice, but he doesn't want you to take him lightly. And that's why there's not a lot of good jokes in the Bible. You have to sort of work between the lines and figure it out. Okay, some of the types of joy opportunities we're going to have at the feast are singing praises to God joy. And, you know, with this praise and worship team and the, some of the special music people we're going to have here, it's, it's like even if you can't sing good, you can make melody in your heart and listen to them singing great praises to the great God. And, ha you know, what's the music program going to be like on the first Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem? I reckon that will knock your socks off. You won't have any socks. Why would you be wearing socks? Your feet don't need to touch the ground except the Mount of Olives, right? And maybe you just watch him touch the, <laughs> the Mount of Olives and you just keep floating. I want to do some floating. I, I think, I love those hovercraft things and these, what do you call these, drone things. I can't wait to do some of that. And I want to do, I want to do deep sea scuba diving without taking air with me. <laughs> My daughter's a scuba diver and she gets all suited up and she tests her air pressure and blows bubbles and down she goes. I want to go down, but I don't want to have to take oxygen with me. That's going to be great. Okay, another kind of joy at the Feast of Tabernacles is face-to-face -face joy. Right? And I, I just laid eyes on Steve over here a little while ago. And that face brings back a lot of wonderful memories and the story of great-great-grandfather Steve. You know, and what a man. God said, increase and multiply. And guess who followed that commandment? Steve and his wife, Miriam. They followed that commandment. And look at the joy they have, right? And, and look at little children. You know, I, I know we're old and creaky and we've got pain and that. But every now and then stop and, and stare. You know, don't stare at them. But just, just carefully, carefully notice the little angelic faces. And their surprise. Or, or their furled brow. Or their, you know, <laughs> is this fabulous or what? I mean... So, but, but out in the world, you don't want to see a little child just wandering around. Because something real bad could happen to that little child any second now. You know, here, safety. God has a mantle of safety over the, over the festival. Another joy is personal storytelling joy. You tell stories. I'm thinking of a story, but I can't tell you. But anyhow... <laughs> God, God helps, talks to us. God talks to us in different ways if we're listening. And it's not like, all right, all the young people know how to do this. It's not like texting on a cell phone. It's not like talking on a cell phone. Wouldn't that be great if you could talk to God? But, you know, it's like, God, why didn't you do this? Silence. And if he answered, it might be boom. <laughs> hey, hey, you're messing with my phone, you know. <laughs> but, but, you know, he wants to talk to us, and he does talk to us.
and he's saying, I love you, my child, and I want the best for you, but you've got to cooperate, right? Um, okay, family worship joy. It, it just seems like yesterday, but my little kids, there's three of them sit, used to sit on the back seat of our car on the Day of Atonement, and you didn't even know they were in the car. Only on the Day of Atonement, you didn't know they were in the car. And every now and then I'd say to the wife, oh, we've got to go back home. She'd say, what? Why? We forgot the kids. It's like, she'd look back there and she'd say, no, they're there. Really? What are they doing? They're just sitting real still. Sitting real still. Thinking about how hungry they are. But anyhow, personal storytelling. You know, and, and during this feast, as you meet people and you hear their stories, God has been working with people to bring a people of God into the family of God. And just think how many, think how many hundreds of thousands, maybe millions, maybe billions, who knows, probably not billions, of Church of God people from the time of Peter in the first century, 2,000 years were. Think of all the stories they could tell, right? How interesting. I, do you find it interesting to hear somebody else's story or you just want to tell your own story all the time, right? It's like, I love to hear other people's stories, especially when God was involved. God is working and doing great, fantastic things for people. Okay, joy from learning deeper understanding about what God is doing. Right? If, you know, we're going to have a teen conference this afternoon and small people and medium people and teenagers right they have a right to ask questions as to why god allows war how many of you think that's a good question is that a good question that's a good question okay do you have a good answer <laughs> right we we need to help people understand that god is letting this thing run for 6000 years and he's allowing you to kick your toe in the middle of the night or to hit somebody over the head with a two before. He's allowing you and others to do what they decide they want to do. And then at the end of 6,000 years, we're just going to have peace and we're going to have no more war. And that's going to be a lot of fun. It's just going to be a lot of fun. I love that scripture in Isaiah where it says, your teachers will appear behind you. So you don't see them coming like the cavalry coming around the corner over the hill. You know, you, you and your teenage friend are about to turn over an outhouse and get a lot of fun out of seeing, you know, Bill the farmer on his side. And the, and, the, and the spirit being police. Who wants to be a spirit being police person? I do. Anybody? Hey, right. Okay. It's going to be so much fun. In fact, you're going to have to hide your smirk, right? Because the humans are not going to like you smirking at them when, when you suddenly appear. There you are, and then you go. And, and I think we can all have a booming voice at that time, and you say to these teenagers, this is the way, walk you in it. And it's like, where'd you come from? <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, I can't wait. Anyhow, so in the meantime, we've got to keep on overcoming. Um, how many of you think rejoicing is really easy? Slightly easy. How many of you think there's anything easy about rejoicing? It depends where you are and who you're with. Right? If you're with your best friend, it's easy. If you're at the Feast of Tabernacles, it's easy. If you're in a hospital bed 
And it's so easy, right? And it's so easy then. So, um, God wants us to, like I say, mentally conjure up the joy. And this is why, you know, daily prayer and Bible study, it's, it's like every day you're all one day closer to the feet down joy on the Mount of Olives if you're planning to be there, right? And I hope you all are, right? But you're one day closer. And this year here at the Feast of Tabernacles, we are one year closer to that Feast of Tabernacles. And unless you're all asleep, when I ask for a show of hands, most of you think it's going to be within five years, right? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking between five and ten. And every now and then I hear somebody say 30 to 50 years, they've got to build a temple or something, you know. But, but you know, 9-11 happened really quick, didn't it? And, and how long did it take us to get troops in Afghanistan? Anybody remember? Anybody? Three weeks. Three weeks from 9-11, we had boots on the ground in Afghanistan. And uh, so, you know, things can change in a heartbeat in, in rapid succession. And there are nuclear weapons out there. If somebody lets one of those fly, the response is going to be nasty, right? Um, so Paul taught that really big joy comes after trumpet number seven. The most important joy for each one of us is how to cope with next year. I, I firmly believe you're not here as a reward for last year. Paul said in, first, in Colossians, festivals are shadows of things yet to come, future things. Trumpets is a shadow of future things to come. Atonement is a shadow of future things to come. Tabernacles is a shadow of future things to come. And the eighth day, same thing. So these four festivals in the, four, in the seventh month are all pointing us forward. And none of you, not one of you, can tell me what's going to happen to your life in the next 12 months. You can make plans, but guess what? Plans don't always turn out the way you thought. And, and boy, is that true. In fact, you could probably tell like 99 stories of people you knew who's made their plans and it didn't turn out that way. And maybe one story out of 100 where they made the plan and it actually turned out the way. You know? So <clears throat> Acts 14.22, Paul says, Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. Is that necessary? We, we slip and fall, right? We, we get weak. We get tired. We get worn out. We get angry at people, right? And so Paul is saying, you know, encourage them, exhort them to continue in the faith because we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. So how many of you, okay, I, I did this at a church a couple of weeks ago. And I said, uh, I said, was last year a normal year, an average year, or was it a below average year as far as sickness and pain and sorrow and suffering in God's churches, or an above normal year, right? Okay, so let's do a survey. Okay, how many of you think it was just a normal year last year and everything pretty much just kept on going? Not a lot of hands. How many of you think it was a worse than normal year last year? 
me for sure. I, you know, I can't believe. It's like every time I turned around, I heard news and, and that something else terrible, bad had happened. So <clears throat> through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. So <laughs> anybody here had many tribulations? All right, guess what? You're on your way to entering the kingdom because you've had many tribulations, right? If you were like, uh, I was going to say Donald Trump, then, you know, he got 10 billion, what, how many million is he got? Anyhow, he's got a lot of money, but he got a lot of headaches too, right? But, but some rich person out there may be, you know, just floating along having a really good time. I'm not sure because they worry about their money, right? <laughs> That's the curse of being rich, at least so I'm told. <laughs> You get up every morning, and instead of just, yippee, I'm rich, it's like, what, how is my money doing? <laughs> right. Is the stock market up or down a little bit? You know. so, um, so through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. I, uh, I, I had this thought, see what you think. If you've had a lot of experience with sickness, that makes you an expert for talking to other human beings when they have aches and pains. Now, some of you may have thought that all humans in the millennium will never suffer pain. Uh, I, you know, will, they, will any of those people be stupid? <laughs> have stupid moments? Kick their toe in the middle of the night on the way to the bathroom, right? It's like they're going to be human, right? We won't let them go to war, and we're going to sneak up on them when they're about to do something really bad, right? This is the way you walk you in it, right? But, but uh, essentially, I believe they're going to suffer pain because you learn from pain. If you never had any pain, you wouldn't learn much, would you? Right? It'd kind of be like I have my friend up here, you know, just dull of head. So I, I believe whatever you've experienced in your life, you are going to be an expert at teaching that to humans in the kingdom. And then comes the fun stuff. Right? After a thousand years of placid people, right, doing what they're told and having their teachers suddenly surprise them and show up behind them, then comes all those billions and billions and billions and billions of people like Attila the Hun, like Hitler, like, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer, if you remember him. You know, but, but a lot of nasty, ugly, horrible human beings are going to suddenly come alive on planet Earth on the eighth day. And guess who's in charge of them? You. You may have, you may have five cities, or you may have ten cities. That's all he tells us. He just says... Some of you will get five cities and some of you will get ten cities. So there's probably more that he didn't discuss. But if you've got five cities worth of you know, people who died and came up in the second resurrection, are they all going to be sweet and cute and angelic and friendly? <laughs> well, they will be after you've worked on them, right? And your purpose is don't suicide at the end of a hundred years. Don't die for all eternity. There's something good about everybody's life, who they are or what they've done, and I think we're all here to learn to love something. Right? How many of you have loved at least five 
least ten, at least ten things. Ice cream is one of them, right? You're, you've learned to love. How many of you have learned to love something, right? Husbands, you better put your hands up. Come on. You are in trouble, Woo! right? We learn to love. We learn to love our children. We learn to love, you know, our spouses. We learn to love ice cream. We learn to love, and we can build on love, right? We can build on that. And, and the squirrely people in the second resurrection, you can say, do you remember how you loved X, Y, and Z? And they say, no, no, I don't remember that. You can touch their brain and go right back to that memory and have them live it again. Because, you know, we're going to have superpowers. We're going to be like superpower people. It's going to be great. I might, yeah, I might have to, you know, if Jesus says cut that out, I definitely will. Yeah. But, but I expect we're going to have a lot of fun. And Jesus did a lot of fun stuff, right? If, if you read carefully, one guy put his hand out and something like chopped that guy's head off, that prophet of God. And his arm just froze up, or he got leprosy. I've forgotten which. I can't find it either. If you know where it is, let me know. <laughs> I looked and looked. I couldn't find it. Anyhow, so I, in, <clears throat> I was reviewing my prayer journal before I came here for the feast. And, and it's like I have a list of names. And month after month, I pray about those people. And horrible things have a lot happened to a lot of you, right? And, and it was like, my friend Gary here, you know, every time I turned around, he ended up in hospital again. And it's like, oh, no, you've got to pray Gary out of hospital. That's your wife. Yeah, okay. You can blame it on your wife, but we know better, Gary. Right? Okay. So <clears throat> I reviewed my prayer journal, and, and I realized so many people have suffered setbacks in the last year. And this person I talked to a couple of weeks ago, when I said, do you think it was a worse than normal year? He said, yeah, by 200%. So, you know, it's like, is something happening here? Are we getting so close to big unexpected moments in history that God is sort of nudging all of us, you know, sit up, pay close attention, get, get ready, get equipped, get prepared, learn how to cook up some joy, right? And, and it's as easy as take a half an hour if you can find that kind of time or just get away from everybody else and sit and read your favorite parts of the Bible. Don't read he begat and he begat and he begat. Leave that stuff for other people. Read the stuff you like and then squeeze it like an orange and get more joyous juice out of it and realize God is about to show up in the sky and do the most unbelievable things to planet Earth. And if he doesn't, we're all cooked. We're all done. It'll be a dead planet floating in space, but he's not going to let that happen. So um, <clears throat> I, just, I just realized that I had done a lot of weeping since last feast. And then I thought, well, so what might next year be like? Are we going to have a good year and a bad year and a good year and a bad year? Or might it, might it be a rough year coming on ahead of us? And nobody wants to think about that. And really nobody wants to prepare about that. If you're going to go camping, you prepare. You get equipped because you know it's going to be cold, right? Up there in the mountains if you happen to be in Jerusalem and you flee to the mountains, right? So 
in Romans 12, 15, it says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. That's us. We're here. We're rejoicing with those who are rejoicing. And we're helping our children rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Right? But it also says, Weep with those that weep. And, and for me, myself, I have done a lot of spiritual weeping here, like 200% worth. And, and so, you know, God wants us to be energized. He wants us to be excited. And He wants to take the faces you meet. You're going to meet people you haven't met before. You're going to hear stories. You're going to talk. They're going to say, oh, I was in Worldwide. How many of you were in Worldwide? Anybody here been in Oh, goodness. Woo! Okay. A lot of Worldwide people here. How many of you were in, how many of you were in Church of God International? Ah, okay. So there's a good story. If you, if you weren't in either or one of those churches, ask one of these other people to tell you a story. <laughs> yeah, boy, it'll curl your socks. You're still wearing socks, right? Okay, okay. So um, God knows we cannot be happy and rejoicing every minute of every day. That's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You're going to wake up in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, and feel lousy, you know, and you ran out of coffee yesterday or whatever. It's, life is going to be rough and tough and you're going to get bruises and, and, and you know, you're going to suffer. You know, I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. It's just going to happen. But he wants us to prepare. He wants to build us up at this festival in preparation for the year ahead. And like I said, none of us can know exactly what's going to happen in the year ahead. We just take it a day at a time, a week at a time, a month at a time. And we serve God in the best way we possibly know how. But we can come, we, you know, if we have photos on our cell phone, you should get them out once a month. You should have cell phone photo day. And you should remind yourself of the fun faces and the fun talks and the fun meals and the fun things you, you know, the fun show. You know, don't forget to come to the fun show because it is really spectacular, right? Spectacular fun show. You'll love it. All right. So in, first Coloss in Colossians 1.11, says, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, and all patience and long-suffering. That word patience is better translated endurance. With joy. Okay, what? Endurance, long-suffering, with joy. So, so, if you're not joyful, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? It's your own fault. Is God eager to give you some more joy? Yeah, and a heartbeat all day long, every day, 24 hours a day, no matter what. He wants you to have more joy. You just got to connect with it, right? And he wants to raise you up. And with my little demonstration thing here, you know, the raise you up device is the rope, right? Because I'm pulling on the other end of the rope, but we're, we're talking about God raising you up. And, and so, what is the rope? What is the, um, what is the device that God uses to raise your spiritual mind upwards? It's your desire to be raised upwards. Right? How many of you think that tomorrow sometime you could make, put on your little calendar thing and you could say, I am going to have God raise me up tomorrow at whatever time, right? And, and you just close the door, and you get alone, and you open your Bible to your favorite sections. I love what, you know, I love everything 
King David wrote, because he's going to be number one boss on planet Earth, just right under Jesus. So I want to be good friends with King David, because he's going to be running the shooting match here. You know, but he, I mean, he had, he was fantastic. You know, and as a teenager, I mean, whew, we, you know, wish that all our teenagers could be like King David. You know, out with the sheep. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. Uh, uh, my, my teenage is wonderful. Everybody told me, oh, you've got teenagers. Oh, we pity you. It's like, you do? Why? We love our teenagers. They're great. You know, we even go out and find other teenagers and bring them home. You know, but, but you know, it's just, just learning how to enjoy. But, but you can tap into God's joy if you want. If you don't want any joy, have at it. Because... The world and Satan and even your friends and neighbors, you know, they don't want you to have any joy. <laughs> they want you to be miserable like they are, right? And so it's like you've got to tap into it. You've got to, you've got to use the mental de the device of connecting with God. And see, the teenagers, they all know how to connect with their friends through texting. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff in there. I don't know how that works. But, but they connect with each other. And how many, how many of you do texting? I don't expect to see too many hands here. Uh, okay, yeah. All right. Gary, when do you text? I've learned how. You've learned how, okay. Yeah, because some of the old heads, it's really hard to get them to text. But, but it's like communication back and forward. But unless you turn the phone on, how many texts are you going to read? None. Right? You have to want the communication. And in God's case, you have to come before him. You're doing it at the Feast of Tabernacles. So, so it's, it's laid out for you. Right? But two weeks from now, you're going to be at home in your kitchen or your bathtub or wherever you're going to be. And, and it's like, boy, I wish I had some more joy. Go get it. You know, <laughs> go connect to the joy giver. God Almighty, you know, he wants to raise us up higher than we've ever before in this lifetime. And I believe it's possible for every one of us to be able to leave this feast site at the eighth day or the ninth day or whenever you leave closer than you've ever been to God, more excited about something you heard at the Feast of Tabernacles, more excited a new friendship you made. You make, make a friendship at the feast here that'll be with you until your feet are on the Mount of Olives if God lets you put your feet on the Mount of Olives. You'd have to be really quick because as soon as his feet touch the Mount of Olives, there's two Mounts of Olives and they're far apart. So that could be difficult. But anyhow, you don't have to put your feet on the Mount of Olives. You just want your feet to be near Jesus' feet for the rest of all eternity. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, okay, the finisher of our faith, what is that? That's our last breath. That's, that's long-suffering, patience, stay with Jesus no matter what until the very last breath, until it's finished. All right? And then where are you going to be? Mount of Olives. Feet down, you know, going to be great. Okay, so he says, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he was sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, do you realize that you 
put your name in there are a piece of the joy that was set before Jesus he's looking to a time that because of his death and resurrection he can raise you put your name in there either out of the grave or you know lift you up off the planet right he'll that'll be raising you up and I'm guessing if you're scared of heights you'll probably be a spirit being within like two or three feet just just long enough to realize ah, I'm floating upwards I'm being raised up you know but you'll if you've done your Bible study you'll know what, what they're all that about and you'll be so silly and giddy and laughing and joking and jumping up and down you'll be an uncontrollable joy but Jesus will know how to fix that so how does looking unto Jesus work um, you you need to get alone with your thoughts about Jesus and talk to him you can text him if you want if you know the address but it's not going to work because that's old stuff it's good for us humans but texting is not what God does right he, he likes to just talk right inside your head right if you're listening and you know so get alone with Jesus look to Jesus look to what Jesus suffered look to the fact that we are going to suffer on our way into the kingdom and there's going to come a day and not too far out in the future when <clears throat> everything is fixed the right way you know how great will it be to have all the problems of humanity fixed you can't you can't even get your mind around it because there are just so many problems right so um, like I say this rope is just a physical demonstration but your mind tapped into the mind of Jesus right through what he already wrote and and there's so much good stuff in the Bible you should never ever get tired or bored because there's always more stuff you can learn so in spiritual terms connecting devices uh, your minds connect, connecting with Jesus and the Feast of Tabernacles you know is pointing you to where Jesus's mind is going to be in the future and hopefully that's where your mind wants to be and the more your mind wants to be where he's going to be in the future the more joy you're going to have right yes we have it on trumpets yes we, <laughs> we have, anybody have joy on the day of atonement there's probably a few of you yeah right it's like it's not the regular joy right it's the decaf joy right it's the, it's the other kind of joy it's like oh I'm so pleased that I'm fasting today right but but Feast of Tabernacles is the joy 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 and you don't have to cover it up you know just go for it joy joy right so Jesus is looking at us at each one of us wanting us to be fully prepared to have a final destination joy fully energized for going back into the world full of calamities right now you can just go well forget the world I'm just gonna be here having a good time as long as I can have a good time and then when I turn the ignition on and I start heading home blah, right or you can turn the ignition on going let's take some of this joy with us let's get out there and spread the joy yeah now people will look at you like you're crazy right which 
is what they do with me, but then I have an excuse. I'm a crazy Australian from down under, see? So I'm covered, right? But <clears throat> So we need to spread that joy. We need to get that joy. We need to cook up that joy. And, and, and God has billions, trillions, quadruple, you know. He's got lots of joy to give. It's just got, you've got to make the connection, right? And, and uh, you know, you could probably make yourself giggly joyful if you really tried hard enough. But, but it's there, and, you know, talk to, talk to somebody who loves the Bible. There's a good way to get some joy. Talk to somebody who loves the Bible. And, boy, I've, been, I've stayed up late many a night talking to people who love the Bible. So he wants us fully prepared to go back into the world. Luke 21, 28. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. I wish they had I wish they'd translated this in the, in the 21st century language. It's like, what do you mean lift up your heads? What do you mean look up? It, it means get tremendously excited, right? When you see these things begin to happen. And for me, I've already seen them begin to happen which is why I'm a little loony here and I do crazy stuff when I get up here with my balloon, right? But, but to me, Daniel 11 verse 40 already happened back on 9-11. You may never have heard that and you don't have to believe that. You can believe anything you want. But in my book, that was 9-11. Daniel 11 verse 40 was 9-11. So I have seen these things begin to happen. And he said, this generation shall not pass. So, so and, and a lot of you here in this room think we could be in the kingdom in five years. So, I didn't, I'm, I'm still here. Okay. All right. Technical difficulties. That's what we got. So, he wants us to be unlike all the people around us. All right. Not here now at the feast, but back in the world, when you see something in the Bible that is coming down in world news headlines and you can identify that and you can say we're that much closer to the coming of Jesus Christ, he wants you to get joyful and excited and the average response is, oh no, it's coming. World War Three is coming. Oh no, nuclear war is coming. Oh no, right? He says, your redemption draws near. Get excited, right? Now, if you can spread that to somebody else, they'll either think you're nutty, which is not really a problem because that's what they already think, right? <laughs> or they go, I can't believe. Why are you so hopeful? Why are you so excited? Why are you so rejoicing? You know, because Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Well, where do you get that in the Bible? Oh, quick, let me show you. I can show you in the Bible where Jesus is coming, right? So Jesus in Luke 21, 31, he says, So you, when you see, not when Ian tells you, but when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom is near. And I can't tell you how many more Feast of Tabernacles there'll be, but we are checking them off. And when we're done here at this Feast of Tabernacles, there'll be one less Feast of Tabernacles, and we will be one less kingdom festival closer to the actual Jesus does the speaking you know at the Feast of Tabernacles and I want to be there hovering you know 
just hovering in the clouds, just floating in the clouds. And the humans can be down sitting in the chairs, and I just want to be enjoying some floating time. Floating is good. Anyhow, verse 34. Take heed to yourself, says Jesus, lest your hearts... All right, you've probably read this verse a hundred times, and you probably said, that ain't me. All right? Okay, let's see if we can make it you. All right, lest your hearts be weighed down. Okay, I looked up at the Greek. It can mean burdened. How many of you have ever had your hearts burdened, like in the last year? All right? It, it, you know, just looking at other people's suffering can burden you pretty bad. All right? With carousing. And I'm not going to have a show of hands for those of you who've been carousing last year. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid of how many hands I might see. Okay, but I looked up the Greek. I looked up the Greek because carousing doesn't really fit God's people. It doesn't, right? And it can mean headaches. How many of you have had mental, physical, spiritual headaches in the last 12 months? Me, lots of them, right? And so he's saying, lest your hearts be weighed down burdened. This, with headaches, with drunkenness, all right, everybody thinks, well, I know what a drunk is, or I know what it's like to be drunk, maybe, right? But it can mean intoxicants, right? People get intoxicated without drinking alcohol. They get intoxicated in other areas of life. And the cares of life, okay, that fits everybody, doesn't it? The cares of life, right? We've all been there, we've all done that. That, that they come upon you unexpectedly, right? Because 9-11 came on all of us unexpectedly. Boom, there it was. It was unbelievable. It was like, how could that happen? And, and the Iranian guy was on the TV today or yesterday, so and he's going to hit America back harder than they've ever been hit before, which, you know, it's, it's fun to go, yeah, what can you do, right? Well, 9-11. They did 9-11, didn't they? That was, they actually did it. It happened. Right? Luke 21, 35. For it will come as a snare or a trick or a sudden surprise or a shock on all of those who dwell on the face of the earth. Will it come on us as a surprise? It shouldn't come on us as a surprise. First of all, when the morning and evening sacrifices begin, what do you know when they begin? They're going to be stopped on the day of the abomination of desolation, right? And, and so, you know, when you see things getting worse and worse in the world, that just means we're that much closer and closer what Jesus is saying. And we shouldn't be surprised and we should be telling our friends and neighbors, this is a good sign. You're nuts. We just started a war. No, it's a good sign because it fulfills prophecy and it means we're that much closer to God's kingdom. And let me tell you about God's kingdom. And while you're here, you're probably going to hear quite a number of messages about God's kingdom. Okay, I've got to finish up here. All this noise is getting my brain a little fuzzy here. All right, uh, Luke 21, 36. Jesus says, watch therefore and pray always. That word watch there is be on guard. Be on guard. Don't let stuff sneak up on you. Don't let anger and hatred sneak up on you. And that's why we're here in a, an idyllic setting. Beautiful, wonderful people to sit with and visit with and learn from. And scriptures to study and learn about God's way and His plan. 
that pray always that you may be accounted to worthy to escape all these things, right? Anybody here want to escape the tribulation? Anybody? It's like, if you die, you're going to... <laughs> I hate to tell you that, but if you die next year, you're going you're gonna to escape the tribulation, right? Um, so, but if you don't die, um, and you're in Jerusalem, and you go camping in the mountains before the abomination or on the day of the abomination, then you should be up in the mountains escaping the tribulation. So that's a possibility. Um, and then, you know, but it's in the book. It says, pray that you might be accounted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man or stand with the Son of Man when his feet touch the Mount of Olives. So, dear friends, let us be diligently looking unto Jesus this festival and asking God to lift us up so we can stand on mountains. Brethren, if you would please rise.